Emma's Pain Adventures, a podcast where I reread and finally finish Homestuck. And I read Homestuck for the very first time. I'm Gren. And I'm Brendan. And if for some reason you don't know what Homestuck is, let me tell you about Homestuck. Homestuck is a webcomic written by Andrew Hussey from 2009 to 2016 and was hosted on the website MSPaintAdventures.com. It's about a bunch of kids who play an intergalactic, interdimensional video game. The webcomic is known for its epic length, wacky array of characters, and cult following. This week on Homestuck, Dave thinks he is being terrorized by Little Cal, but in all actuality, it's his bro messing with him, which leads to a rooftop duel. John uses the new punch cards to create his iconic pogo hammer, then falls asleep and sees his father, birthday cake, and Harry Anderson in the clouds, but also sees a silhouette of a mysterious person. He wakes up to a message from Garden Gnostic who tells him to listen to his Nana's advice and keep up hope. There's a huge fucking imp. (laughs) I mean, massive, attacking John's house now. John tries to reach Rose to get her to drop something on the imp, but Rose's generator has gone out, leaving her with no internet access. Dun, dun, dun. So, for the folks at home, (laughs) we are recording this episode from the future, sending it to you in the past, because we had originally recorded this episode a few weeks ago, but had some technical difficulties with our audio situation. So, we're here. um, We're here. We're queer. We're recording it again. And I hope that's okay with everybody. It should be. I don't know why I'm asking you. I mean, it's got to be okay. It's got to be okay. I don't know why I'm asking you if it's okay. It is obviously okay because you get an episode. You don't get some kind of weirdo time skip in the Homestuck literary analysis canon that we've created here today in the studio. Are we (laughs) going to eventually get a cinematic universe? (laughs) I mean, sure. Why not? Yes. I'm excited. <laughs> Everything gets... It wouldn't be a cinematic universe. It would be an audio universe. Oh, even better. Yeah. So that's what happens. I have some notes. Dave is jealous. Oh, these are just the plain... On my note notes. I thought these were like notes from last time. <laughs> oh. My mistake. Anyway, of course I have notes. And Brendan, you also have notes. Yes. And I'd like to start off just by reading something... At the very, very beginning, I looked up the definition of irony in literature Mm -hmm. from Mm Merriam-Webster, and the definition of irony in literature, more specifically, is a technique of indicating as through character or plot development an intention or attitude opposite to that which is actually or ostensibly stated. Another definition could also be 
especially in contemporary writing, a manner of organizing a work so as to give full expression to contradictory or complementary impulses, attitudes, etc., especially as a means of indicating detachment from a subject, theme, or emotion. Now, what mm -hmm. does these definitions sort of remind you of what we're reading? <laughs> It reminds me of everything that we're reading here today. Exactly. Absolutely <laughs> everything. I'd like to point out that I think the use of irony in the modern vernacular has been ruined by one person. It's Alanis Morissette. Alanis, if you're listening, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We do you're not probably, stand Alanis Morissette. You're on probably this a wonderful person. I'm so sorry. But I feel like I don't know if you're familiar with the song Ironic by Alanis Morissette, but it's about she lists things in the songs that are not examples of irony so much as they are, and correct me if I'm wrong, any English majors, fellow English uh, stu former students and current students, please tweet English at me heads. if I'm wrong. Yeah, English heads. <laughs> <laughs> but she lists a lot of examples of horrible coincidence, like rain on your wedding day, a free ride when you've already paid, some good advice Aww. that you just can't take, <laughs> <laughs> which are not, it's not irony. It's just terrible circumstances. Yeah, like you said, I'm going to put what you said in layman's terms. I'm not sure if I'm using that expression correctly. <laughs> oh, no. I'm, I'm going to put what you said in English. Ha, ha, ha. It's basically like, in your own words, how would you describe irony? Oh, gosh. I mean... For me, it's irony, if I was just going to explain it and not read... Uh, a more well-written <laughs> definition. Right. It would just be like, if it's something's happening, but we believe it to be something else, or something is happening and it's putting itself as something else, and especially in the case of dramatic irony, where it's like something is happening and something is said, but the audience knows the opposite or something else to be true. Yeah, it's basically just w what's happening is opposite of what the character is sort of realizing. And if I had to put it, is that sort of what, yeah, we're, I think so. what we're stating? Yeah, if I had to put it to like five words, that's what I would yeah, say. Yeah, I think in the case of Homestuck, it's a lot of like, it's so funny because irony is, they're like obsessed with it, which I think so many oh kids gosh. were. So many kids, myself included, are obsessed with irony more in like the sense of, oh, this movie is so good, it's bad. No, so bad, it's good. That's irony. Right. This hat is so stupid, but I'm going to wear it because it's ironic. I think it's like that. <laughs> it's like the ironic tease for our generation. With Homestuck, it's like everybody, a lot of characters in Homestuck, Dave included, Dave and Rose, most notably, I feel like, they believe things to be certain th ways, but really they aren't. And that's a little slice of irony right there. Like, Dave looks up to his bro and he thinks his bro is really cool. And he says that. He vocalizes that when it's very clear that he's weirded out slash creeped out slash <laughs> tortured and tormented by his, his bro's uh, shenanigans. But he loves it. I mean, in the end, he, I feel like he sort of loves it. He doesn't? You don't think I so? I don't think so. I think that he says he does. I don't think he actually does. I think uh, he's like, oh, I want to be cool just like my bro. But I don't think he's like, <laughs> I don't think he 
likes that there's little tiny puppets in the blender. And when he turns on the blender, they're filled with blood caplets. I mean, that is a little weird. Which is something that happened while we read today, as well as like this. Oh, my God. This really funny. (laughs) Ironic. (laughs) I'm doing ironic in air quotes. Comic of the Muppet Babies. But they're like in the universe of Saw. (laughs) (laughs) If the Muppets were in the Saw universe, this is what it would be. And also that's, oh my God, that's so funny because think it's Saw, it's, would you like to play a game? And in Homestuck, <laughs> they're playing a game, it's called Suburb. And also the game of uh, growing up, the game of coming of the age. The game of life. If you will. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's a little nice thing to start off with is irony. Irony. I mean, yeah. we can totally transition into... Dave, he basically starts off in his brother's room and steals his ninja sword. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, why does he steal the ninja sword right away? Like, what trouble could be brewing, you know, with this small child having this ninja sword just out and about? And he just steals it. He just takes it. That's it. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say it, even though it's not Uh-oh. a spoiler. Bro's a bit of a weeb. <laughs> A little bit. He has a a katana. I don't know what Dave (laughs) is, though. I can't remember if there's any explicit evidence. I just think he thinks it's cool. Well, I mean, sorry, what 13-year-old boy is not going to think a katana is cool? Exactly. I mean, I thought katanas and swords and lasers, all of that stuff was just so cool when I was younger. I mean, when I was in middle school, especially, when irony is such a big, big thing for mm-hmm. middle schoolers as well, I thought this stuff was just the coolest things in the whole world. I went to, I remember going to a convention with a friend of mine. Yeah. And who was also a Homestuck fan. This was back in, I don't know if this was high school still, or if it was freshman year of college. But I remember he just like bought a katana at the con and I didn't like I was like, you're just going to take that home with you on the bus. And he's like, yeah, I was <laughs> all right. OK, I mean, to each their own. But if I brought a, a sword home, no I think way my parents would have killed me. They would have been like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, is everything OK? <laughs> everything is peachy because I have a sword now. Now I have a sword. So everything's great. So yeah, Dave is, he was in Bro's room and now he's in a kitchen what does he see area. In, no, what does he see in Bro's room? Something that you enjoy and something that I hate. Oh, you saying something, I think you mean someone. Oh, uh, no, it's a thing. No, it's, it's some definitely a thing. one with a heart and a soul and a mind and a mouth and eyes. It's Little Cow! Uh. It's Little Cow! The worst thing in the it's world. Little Cal, hee hee hoo hoo. Little <laughs> Cal is sentient. No, he's not. No, he's not. Bro's just moving him around to fuck with Dave because he knows Dave is completely, much like Brendan here, a very scared of Little Cal, which I don't know why he 100%. would be. 100%. I don't know why he would be. Little Cal is a friend. He's my buddy. He's my friend. He's, he's the worst thing imaginable. Friend. No, stop it. He's the best thing ever. I have a photo of me at a convention with somebody's little cow. I think I mentioned that on the previous episode of this podcast. <laughs> you did. 
but I love little cow and I wish I had my own little cow. Maybe one day I'll make one. If you ever make one, I will definitely come and destroy it. No. It, it'll be like the Annabelle doll. No, it would be. Just it'll do, be cursed. You cannot destroy little cow. You can try. <laughs> I'll take a katana that I will buy at a convention and destroy little cow. In the end, it'll be you who gets your commitments if you try to mess with little cow. And I'm not speaking on behalf of me. I'm speaking on behalf of little Cal. You don't know what he's going to do to you if you try to. Try oh, to, no. To, uh, little Cal is dangerous. Have fisty cups with him. Fisty cups. Anyway, there's a lot of kooky shit happening around Dave, as you could probably guess. There's a jigsaw like toy that has a webcam in it, which I'm assuming Dave uses, no, not Dave, Bro uses to either spy on, I think to spy on Dave. There's Smuppets in the microwave, swords in the fridge, cherry bombs in the ice maker. So dangerous. It's a very dangerous environment for a child. And I would go as far as to say that this is an instance of child endangerment. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because if I was a 13-year-old and I opened up a fridge, all these swords came out, I would definitely not have the brains to step back <laughs> and would definitely get impaled by several katanas. The The thing is, I feel like Dave has definitely been impaled by several katanas uh... in the past and just probably knows how do you get impaled by something and come back? No, never mind. That happens in movies all the time. Do you see what movies. happens with Bro's uh, entire environment that he creates? Like, I'm sure something has happened. And I'm it's sure. just but I don't so like it. scary. I don't like it either. So Dave catches the... Refl- he's like shoving smuppets down... <laughs> he's just shoving shit down the trash compactor in the sink. And he sees yeah. a reflection of something. And it's a puzzle-shaped note. What, he turns around, it and it's like on an attic door, like in the, the major motion picture uh, produced by A24, directed by Ari Aster, um, Hereditary. <laughs> there is a yeah. like <laughs> an attic door thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. I know. Like the, the cord that you pull. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, our sweet, sweet Dave child pulls the cord and can you guess what happens next what comes out of the attic oh uh let me guess it's more katanas is that what it is no it's a bunch of fucking puppets of course it is of course and a and a note that says oh what does the note say oh wait no there's i don't think the note comes out i think he sees the note somewhere else regardless there's a note and it says bro roof now bring cal we're doing it, man. No. We're making this happen. We're doing it, man. I know what that comes from. Yes, you do. And if you haven't listened to our Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff episode. What the fuck are you doing? Please listen to it. I'm so listen harsh. Listen to this episode first and then go to the next one. <laughs> I'm so sorry for being so mean. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our podcast. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just yelled at you. It's okay. They'll forgive you. You dear listener. We didn't talk about anything with Dave's capture log that he sort of oh, yeah, messed of- with. Because you don't care about it, and I really don't care about it. But I, I feel like someone would, and I feel like we should just talk about it a little bit. And the capture log... <sighs> 
again, I don't understand it. So I would really love someone you to... You understand it more than I do. It's uh, The capture log is essentially... Oh, jeez. What's it called in video games where... It's like an inventory. The yes. capture log inventory. is essentially the inventory that each of the kids in Homestuck has. That's how it works. Another like sort of meta thing where this universe is like modeled after a video game. Everybody's capture log works a little bit differently in the way that it catalogs things. But Dave's is that each, the title of each, the each letter in the name or title of whatever item he wants to capitalize each letter of the alphabet is assigned a number. And when you add up all the numbers of the letters in each name, it comes up with a total sum. And then that is the order in which things will be placed in the capture log. Correct. And that's how you can retrieve things is you have to like take stuff out. And things get pushed out and blah, blah, blah. It's like not a normal inventory system where you can just go in and grab things. A lot of times there's limited space. And if you take something out, you can put something back in. Or if you put something in, something has to come out. From what I understood, Dave has like, I think it's called a hash map. I don't know if that's actually true. Someone explain to me what that is. I have no idea. But what's cool is that Dave flipped over the the capture log card that he has and found an eject button on the back of it, which very much could come in handy in the future, which mm-hmm. is very, very cool. Mm-hmm. And he had some, like, buttons on it that I guess we really didn't figure out what it did. Or was that... Or was that John's? It might have been John's. Now I, I think honest about it. to God, don't remember. <laughs> no, Dave had a uh, like don't interact button or something that he like checkmarked on the back of it too. And I guess we'll figure out what that does as well. But if if any of you smart people out there could explain to us what sort of all this stuff means and how it would come in handy for future scenarios please let us know without any spoilers of course because i don't want to get spoiled i'm sure that it does come into play later i can't remember probably because you didn't care (laughs) i didn't care it's definitely there's a lot of technicality things that happen in homestuck that i don't really give a shit about quite frankly i'm more interested in the characters and the relationships of the characters in the story this time around i'm definitely very interested in the actual story itself and the more literary aspects of it but this is something i could give less of a a poop about a rat's ass yeah it's less of a rat's ass about quite frankly but staying on kind of the similar subject back at the ranch john is he makes a pogo hammer with uh two cards from his cap were they from his capture lock no they were made from the silidex yeah yes they're made from a punch silidex so there's these item cards from his cap his capture log he puts them into this device called the punch silidex and then he ends up laying them on top of each other he was inspired by something in the harry anderson book which is the a-hole and the ace trick yeah that trick which can you explain that to us oh god from what i remember the a-hole trick is that he would like stamp a card or like hole punch a card before 
and then what he he made it seem like the trick or the the hole would move or something right mm-hmm. is that is I that correct so. something like so. that again we we're re-recording this so i'm trying to remember everything exactly yeah but i think the the a-hole trick would just move the the hole but it was actually like a different card or something it explained it in the harry anderson biography that showed up yeah the harry anderson book which we discovered is real right yeah we did there are several books I don't know if they're penned by Harry Anderson or if they're, I forgot if they're just written by somebody else about Harry Anderson or if it's like a partnership situation. But there are several books about Harry Anderson, which I find quite amusing. I didn't write. I didn't realize so much about Harry Anderson. I, I guess I forgot there was a lot of Harry Anderson stuff in Homestuck because when I first read it, I didn't know who the hell Harry Anderson was. I really didn't either, <laughs> yeah, to be honest. Yeah, so if anyone's listening, and I'm sure that I've mentioned this already in the past, Harry Anderson is known for his role on the television show Night Court, which I think was in the 80s. Harry Anderson was also in It... The original miniseries from the 90s, I believe he played Richie. And Harry Anderson, because he is on Night Court, it's also, it's a goof that's referenced a lot uh, in Red Letter Media's YouTube videos. So that's like after reading Homestuck for the first time or reading what I have read of Homestuck for the first time, I knew who Harry Anderson was because of those <laughs> reasons. Because of Red Letter Media and because of it. I knew who Harry Anderson was. But before that, I had Look no idea. I mean, you could have just told me he was made up. I probably thought he was made up like Her- Colonel Sassaker. It The thing is about Homestuck, you tell me anything in this thing is either real or made up. And I'm like, oh, I believe you. That makes sense. I, I could literally believe anything. It's so half and half. It For is. For the most part, a lot of things are real. Like Saw is real, Muppet, exactly. Muppet Babies are real, Gushers are real, The Joker is real, Doritos, <laughs> Doritos are real, Xbox. Tony Hawk is real. Um, <laughs> I would hope Tony Hawk is real. I hope so too. Oh my gosh, Game Bro is not real, unfortunately. I wish. Pour one out for Game Bro. F's in the chat for Game Bro for not being real. F. But anyway, yeah. So he the Pogo he, Hammer. He, he gets the idea from the Harry Anderson book and makes the pogo hammer, which essentially combines his little pogo swing thing and a hammer he had into a nice bouncy hammer, which I think in my mind, John's hammer and hammers going forward, minor spoiler, but it's not that big of a deal, is that it sounds like one of those plastic hammers. Yeah. Plastic mallets that go like, they like squish. Bonk. Yeah, they don't sound, to me, they sound more like a squishy, like a squeaky, a squeaky. Yeah, it's more of a squish. I just imagine bonking people with it. I can't, I can't imagine what it sounds like, but I can't vocalize it, unfortunately. You, can you try for me? Like a eek? Try to, try to make the sound. That's not it. <laughs> That's a rusty, a rusty, like, no, I can't do it. That's closer. Okay. <laughs> That's closer than I am. <laughs> I, at least I think. Here's the thing. Rose also tried the Silidex as well and tried to punch some holes in the cards and made something really, really cool. She made a rocket pack. She did. Plus extra stuff. Uh-huh. And the extra stuff that was on the rocket pack was like a cinder block, a violin, a flower pot. 
which is kind of all accurate for Rose, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of Rose's aesthetic. And if they can figure out how to just make the rocket pack, that would be really cool. Yeah, it would, but wouldn't it? Ooh, we'll see. We'll see how far they get. But the pogo hammer, I'm glad that they made. It looks badass. It, it really does. Look, does. Like it's it, bright green. It looks awesome. <laughs> it looks fun. It looks like it would make a cute noise when you hit people. Well, because it's like twice the size of John. It's huge. Yeah. And he hits the imp, and the imp gets knocked up like so far into the sky. It's just absolutely crazy. That happens. And then we see a huge fucking imp. It's like really big. It's climbing up the side, like out of the nothingness below, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the void. And up making its way up to the house. John gets like propelled onto a bed. And he falls asleep, right? Yeah, because Rose catches him with, with the, the bed. bed. And he asks Rose to move the bed, but she can't. You can't move objects when a player is in or on an object because I think it would like be Like they're interacting too, with it. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like The Sims where like if there's a plate on the floor, they can't walk around. They can't walk on top of it. Sims 2, excuse me. It's like The Sims 2. It's really annoying. <laughs> He falls asleep because he's so exhausted. 99. And when he's sleeping, he's, there's a flash animation of clouds uh, shaped oh. like his dad, one shaped like so a cake, sweet. one shaped like he's Harry a good Anderson, dream. I'm pretty sure. And he wakes up and he's trying to contact Rose, but the generator is at, out on Rose's end. And instead, he contacts Garden Gnostic. Yay, Garden Gnostic. Yay. And Garden Gnostic tells them, tells John to listen to his Nana's advice. Basically gives him like a little pep talk. And John is like, it's kind of, you're a little bit spooky. You're a little bit mysterious. And Garden Gnostic's like, yeah, but I keep falling asleep. And there's a meteoroid that fell near Garden Gnostic and that they have to go. So it's a little confusing, but... All will be clear soon, I promise, people who don't know. So, John is confronted with two little imps on the roof after that. And even the imps seem scared They're of scared this of the like, big boss imp. battle that's about to ham. Which, I'm excited to see where that goes. But we don't get to see that because we go back to Dave. We do. Who is, yeah, there's an awesome flash animation. He climbs to the rooftop to fight Bro. He's got a katana. He's carrying a little cow underneath his shoulder and underneath his arm. Yeah. Like like a dog, like a little dog or something. Or like, a, something. I don't even know what to describe it. It's so like cute. Like a little, little puppy. Yeah. It's so <laughs> cute. I love little cows so much. No, and it's not cute. <laughs> he meets bro there and we think we're going to see a, a, a boss battle. We're so excited. And then there's psych. And then we see somebody in what appears to be a greenhouse type setting. And that is a double psych. Who could that be? And you know who we see? I'm assuming it's Gardenostic. No. Oh. Oh, I meant the, the double psych. What happens after that? I'm not going to tell you. Yes or no. But the double psych, what happens? What is the, what happens? It's tell me, Wayward tell me. Vagabond. Yes. Who? Me and Brendan have already ever. met 
because we're recording this from the future, sending it to you in the past. <laughs> but we love Wayward Vagabond. But well, we're not going to talk too much. I can talk about Wayward Vagabond, Wayward Vagabond because we talk a lot about Wayward Vagabond in the next episode, which for us is in the past, but for you is in the future. <laughs> oh God! It's just it's so like confusing. Homestuck. It's just like the hey. thing that we're talking about. Whoa! We did it on purpose. We we did. We definitely did. And if it happens again, oh, it's 100% <laughs> on purpose. Don't you mind us. That's the what the section we read today. And it was very short, else? very short yeah. section. But I think there was quite a bit of stuff that, that happened. Yeah. I, I mean, we didn't get much into like what was in bro's room uh-huh. and sort of what was in the kitchen well do you remember that like comic that was on the the back of bro's door yeah that was the saw uh, one wasn't it with the dead animal that turns into jigsaw yeah that's the muppet uh, baby one yeah that's right and i thought that was really cool i'm glad that the brother is like creative <laughs> i think when we first talked about it you thought that was creepy <laughs> i i have learned to love it okay it's still a little creepy because, you know, Jigsaw and clowns are just n- not my cup of tea. But I appreciate the... I can separate the art from the artist, right? I think it's so funny. Jigsaw makes me chuckle. I just think he's really funny. Why? Because it's just I, the little guy on the tricycle going... It's so goofy looking. And it's just... I think it's really funny. And isn't there a meme where it's like a really messed up Jigsaw doll on a tricycle and people be... People post like yes. it and say me on my way to the first date, like, and the hair is all messed up. And I just think it's really <laughs> funny. I. <laughs> so if you were to be captured by Jigsaw, you would just be giggling the I whole would. time. I think conceptually it's really funny. I watched a, a horror movie last night that I feel like was trying to be serious, but there were some parts in it that just made me laugh so much. It's what movie? It was, was it? called. It's called the Pugskeepy Tapes. I don't know what and that is. And I've I've heard of this movie before and I put my letterbox on shuffle just to oh, by the way, follow me on letterbox. I'm pretty sure it's the same as I'll <laughs> plug it in the at the end. I'm sure it's the same there as everything go. else. But I had heard about it before and I just wanted to watch a movie and I put my watch list on shuffle and that one popped up. And it was free on Tubi, so I watched it. And apparently, from what I've read of other people's reviews, which are mostly negative, somebody is, like, promoing this movie on TikTok. Oh. Because everybody's like, oh, stupid TikTok. I'm never going to take TikTok recommendations. I don't know who is recommending it on TikTok. I haven't seen it. I don't... I want to get to the bottom of that situation. But the movie was just, like... There were parts that were trying to be scary that were just really funny. Like the killer was wearing a um, Commedia dell'arte <laughs> style plague doctor mask. Not like the medieval plague doctor where it's like black leather, but it was like, it looked oh. like the mask Danny DeVito wears in that one episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia oh my God. where they go to the orgy. And he's like, yeah. orgy. Orgy. <laughs> Better. What's the password? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that was really good. And he was wearing that and like a big ruffly collar and a cape. And he was like, call me master. And I was, this is fucking funny. This isn't scary. <laughs> this is 
kind of hilarious. I'd probably be scared out of my mind. And then, because it's set up to be kind of like a true crime doc, they got like an actor who's dressed like Commedia dell'arte with like face paint on to be like, Commedia dell'arte is a very popular. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so silly. <laughs> I can't. Some things, uh, horror, I feel like horrors, I personally. Maybe just me in any horror thing that I've done. I feel like it's not hard to not be silly, but I think sometimes it's really easy to be silly in horror things or for things to just look kind of silly. Like, I think Annabelle looks fucking stupid and silly. You think it's really scary. I think it looks goofy. I think Annabelle's scary. Annabelle is literally like Little Cal in the way that the doll is cursed and it's going to haunt everybody. Annabelle is going to escape already Annabelle escaped. I don't know if you heard about that in yeah, the news. Yeah, I think we talked about it But Annabelle escaped. Time. Yeah. I think we did. You're right. And Annabelle escaped, and Lil' Cal is going to escape now, too. Escape from and where? And Lil' Cal is going to, uh, from Homestuck, and, you Into know, the real world? team up with Annabelle and murder everyone. I don't think Annabelle is scary. Okay, the, the real Annabelle... I don't think it's scary. The real Annabelle is scary. I think the Annabelle in the movies isn't scary. I think she looks so obviously evil that I would never be <laughs> like, oh, come to my house, please. I'll take care of you. Like, it's so obviously evil that, like, I would not be fooled. Or, huh, maybe it's something is so obviously evil. You look at it and you laugh and you kind of pass it off as being normal. And maybe that's how they get you. I think you. that's what you think of with Lil' Cow. But that's how I'm they get you, sure. is that whatever, it's so obviously evil that you're like, there's no way it could be evil because it's too obvious. And it's like a roundabout way of infiltrating your home and your safety. <laughs> Nothing that evil would just, you know, murder me like this, right? Of course, or you know, an looking. evil doll it looks like, with a knife. It's like a cartoon-ish evil the way that it looks. I, that's why I don't think... The Annabelle doll in the movie. That's what I think with Lil Cow. Looking. I'm so Lil serious. Lil so cute. He wants. No, okay. not at all. I guess I'm not going to win this battle is, is what you're, you're telling not. me. Which, But we can sort of transition back to the boss battle. Yeah. And I mean, the boss battle, unfortunately, we don't get to see it either one with mm-hmm. the the double psych and then the imp boss battle, which you left off on such a such a good freaking cliffhanger hell yeah i'm like so upset well when i first read it i was so upset and i really wanted to read more and because you're setting it up in such a way that is so i don't know spaced out perfectly Mm -hmm. it it makes it so interesting to read and i just wanted to say i appreciate that so thank you you're welcome but also i think the comic itself is kind of spaced out like that as well it's like naturally it stops there because i don't know when we're going to come back to the imp battle because the next part that we read with the wayward vagabond is its own little condensed situation and we read all of that for the next episode in one go so it's like everything's kind of put up if you can find the chunks all of the chunks are put together just right for little digestible it's perfect yeah it's good so i think it's a little lucky there i think earlier on it was a little bit more difficult to kind of space off what we were to read but i think maybe going forward it might be a little bit easier or who knows maybe we just got lucky the last few times but i think you did a great job either way thank you no problem. Thank you. And I mean, Act One is basically so short that it, it is 
it fit into one episode anyway. Yeah, and I just thought that we should get Act 1 over and done with because a lot of people... A lot of people don't like Act 1. They want to get Act 1 out of the way. A lot of people even skip Act 1 altogether, which I don't understand. I don't blame them. Not a lot happens, but things get set up. Like, we know about Suburb. We know about how it works. We know about Dave and John and Rose and the bunny in the box and all this other stuff. And, oh, my God. I feel like it's important to the Homestuck canon. But I think so many people, I think now a days or at least back then kind of absorb everything through the fandom and through just you know looking at things on various social media sites that they feel like they don't have to actually read it which is fine totally fine but i don't know if that's the same way now with other shows and things i mean yeah you can't just like skip to one part and just no. understand what it go- what's going on it's not a sitcom it's really you have to understand yeah. all of it which is nice. I mean, if you've read it before, you can obviously skip to whatever part you want. But if, you, or maybe if you even understand sort of like the characters and the scenario, you could still probably skip ahead. But it's not recommended. I wouldn't recommend it. Speaking as a veteran, I think Act One is real easy to get through. I think there's some good goofs, but I wouldn't skip it. Which is why we didn't skip it. Right. Because <laughs> if we skipped it. And we went straight to... um, I would have been so confused. Yeah, you have no idea what the hell is happening. Well, a lot of people skip not just act one, but they skip like the first three or four acts to get to a certain certain point in the story that is kind of a shift. And you'll see when we get there. You'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay, I'll say this because this isn't really a spoiler. And I don't know if you'll know what I'm talking about. But basically people will skip a good chunk at the beginning to get to a certain section in Homestuck where the focus is on a different set of characters than the characters we're dealing with now. Oh, Because they find the, uh, they hear more about the other characters and they want to know like what's up with them. But lest we forget, John, Dave, Rose, and Jade are pretty much, in my opinion, they're the main characters. (laughs) So to kind of skip past them is kind of a bummer to do. To end it with that, I really have nothing else to to really go off of. Do you want to call it call it good for this episode? I think we should call it good unless what have we talked about Harry Anderson? We talked about I mean <laughs> Annabelle a lot again. If you want to know more about Harry Anderson, read his biography. Like that's, There's that's like all I'm 12 say. of them. There's so many Harry Anderson There's related so many. books. At least last time I checked on Amazon, I felt like I saw five, and they were all magic-related, which I did not know that Harry Anderson did magic before looking into it. Neither did I. So I'm I'm learning something new about Harry Anderson every day is what I'm saying. (laughs) We should just make a Harry Anderson podcast at this point. We should get Harry Anderson on the podcast, but we can't. Rest in peace, idea. Rest in peace. We'll we'll summon him. We'll we'll do like a You want to do a seance to get Harry Anderson? (laughs) it'll be great yes it will maybe one day but in the meantime i would like to give a shout out to inspector general and soundcloud who is the composer of our wonderful theme song yay thank you and i'd like to ask you who's listening if you enjoy our podcast to please leave us some good reviews on wherever you can leave reviews for podcasts and tell your friends if you think they would be interested in listening and if you don't want to miss a thing, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MS Payne Adventure.
with no S. And on Tumblr at MSPainAdventures-Pod. Brendan, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, all of the things at Ben Drenz. The only thing that's different is TikTok at Ben Dren with no S, just like the podcast. And you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, and Letterboxd. <laughs> Apparently. At Gren Casas. And I'm pretty sure Letterboxd is the same. Mostly active myself on Letterboxd. So if you really <laughs> want the content, that's where you're going to get it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for sticking with us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.